Gentlemen, welcome to the Natural Lifestyles podcast with your host, James Marshall, reporting live from the middle of nowhere, Portugal, on a dreary Saturday afternoon with a gale force blowing outside. And today I'm going to be interviewing my close associate, Alex Leon, and we're going to be diving deep into the agony and the ecstasy of what it means to be a digital nomad in the 21st century. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles podcast. All right, so welcome, Alex. You're currently on the other side of the planet in Bali, Indonesia. So uh, tell us what's going on today. How are you? Hey, what's up, guys? Good to be on the podcast again. It's been a while. Yeah, I'm on Bali, like you said. Uh, Life is good here. It is rain season, so it does rain a lot. But I escaped the Ukrainian European winter and um, trying to basically live a healthy lifestyle here, move a lot and check out some some cool landscapes. Awesome. Well, that's that's very, very modest of you. Today, I wanted to talk to you about uh, the digital nomad lifestyle because you and I have spent years experimenting with that and we've we've. had lots of successes and probably some failures as well we can talk about. We understand the, the pros and cons of this lifestyle. Um, so firstly, let's, let's talk about what's happening now. So the rest of the world more or less is in some form of lockdown. Uh, most people have been told or believe that they can't really even leave their suburb, let alone their country. And yet you somehow managed to get across the planet and enter into the paradise of Bali uh, when the official the official word was that that wasn't possible. So can you explain a little bit about how you did that? Yeah, sure, of course. So it's kind of, I mean, two answers, because on the one hand, I did plan to escape uh, Europe for a long time, like basically for a year, like it was very clear in my head already 12 months ago that, okay, uh, I don't want to do another winter in, in Europe. So I was already planning and scheming. And Bali was on my list, but when I checked, like last time, I think it, September, I checked, uh, is Bali a possibility? And it said, no, it's the borders are closed. Uh, no foreigners are allowed in. But then one of my like Russian model acquaintances was like, yet you just pay money and send guy passport and he make you business visa and you can get in. I was like, really? So- sounds very easy. It's too easy to be true. And he's like, no, here's a number. I'm like, I sent this number, uh, this guy a message and he was like, yeah, send your passport. Send uh, five, ten million, whatever rup- rupees. Which is five. And which is five hundred bucks, later, by the way, guys. It's not millions of dollars. Five hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a millionaire here. Finally, I made it. Um, oh, nice. So I'm now I'm a businessman doing business here. Yeah, cool. And what kind of business? Business, business. Uh, pr- production, marketing. You know, like uh, on online me- media, mm-hmm. media. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Cool. All right. Well, let me know how that business goes. Now, this kind of brings up an interesting point because the fact that you got in, because actually myself and Shay tried to, to come to Bali as well, and we were two, I don't know, we put our applications in two weeks or three weeks after you did, and we missed the boat because after some time they, they did change the policy so that it wasn't possible at all. So I think this is one of the, brings up one of the, and I mean, we did know we were just being a bit lazy and we thought, oh, it'll be fine, but it wasn't. I think this, I think this brings up, uh, an important point about lifestyle design and the crossover with social circle and, and digital nomadism that 
neither you or I or anyone we know that's super successful at this kind of lifestyle just did it all themselves. We're not just relying solely on our own research or solely on efforts where we're collaborating. So maybe tell us a bit about, like, how is it that you even have model contacts and, and, and people who are on the ground there? Like, what was the, what's the, been the process of you building this social network that's allowed you to have this kind of information? Yeah, totally. I mean, if I wouldn't have the network I have, firstly, Bali wouldn't even be on the list because, you know, one of the reasons I did come here is because here's a big model and photographer scene. Uh, here's the, a lot of Russian models come here to basically spend their winter and then make beautiful Instagram booty content. So that was driving me and, and I am in this world now a little bit. And then I have a network that, as I mentioned, you know, gave me the contact to do a business visa or even the, the intel. Then I have people here on the ground, uh, you know, who, who researched villas already for me. Like there, there was one guy who literally drove to a villa that I was considering booking, you know. And he was like, yeah, no worries, Alex. I'll check it out tomorrow. And then he actually came here, checked it out. Yeah, it's cool. You can book it, you know. Uh, and he already made friends with the owners and so on. So that makes things not just easier but like possible the fact to have a network to have intel and you you this way get the best deals you get more insights and you actually have an experience that is not like a tourist right like if i would just come here and be like top 10 places in bali and then i go there and i'm like okay cross that off the list get one photo it would today's be office today's office that, that kind of thing. <laughs> it would not be very exciting. So, yeah. And that sounds like super glamorous. And I think probably to a lot of people sounds unattainable. And the assumption you might make, might make is that you, Alex, were always a cool influ influencer guy that was, you know, part of the, yes, you come on, you were part of the coolest crew. And then you've got these guys overseas going, yo, Alex, why you come over? Born with the blue badge. Born with the blue badge. I don't know what that is. That's how not cool I am. So, because so, you know, like I think when you when you see like all of us have seen these lifestyle influences on Instagram or on YouTube or whatever, and it's the you know the dude with the drones and the surfing and the tats and the and the chicks and the, all the stuff that you actually do kind of that you do have and, and live now. Were you always like that? I mean, I know the answer, but you can explain. Like, how did you get from yes. being not that to to, to that? I have no idea, no. <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, I have no idea because it is quite crazy how insanely my life changed. But of course, it was by design, right? Like none of this, none of the things I'm living now, none of the, 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 the things that come into my life are totally random. I mean, of course, you know, what's that saying? Uh, luck comes to the ones that are prepared or luck. Luck is when preparation meets luck <laughs> <laughs> i i think well um, probably probably won't put that one on instagram but um i think the, i don't remember the phrase but essentially it's like luck appears when you when you're when you're preparing and putting yourself in the right location jesus this is not yeah, you I mean, guys it sounds know better in german we'll, we'll put it up, we'll put up the german <laughs> logo on the screen once we figure out what this yeah. thing is of course everything that's in my life now that comes to me is kind of designed you know it's not just lucky that you know oh cool bali yeah sounds cool i will buy a ticket and fly and then everything will just happen and oh here's a villa okay and i have enough money also like the whole journey I made from, I mean, if you ask me, have you always been like this? Absolutely not. And I'm trying to think when I was like a total nerd, 
I guess at like 17, the day 18. The day before you met us? Yes. <laughs> but I already made the decision at 19 to live for one year in, in Nicaragua, right? Like I was 19 when I did that. Uh, and then obviously having the whatever you call it, balls or courage or insanity to to meet you guys and and basically put uh, my life path in that direction and be like, okay, I'm going to work for James for the next five years. <laughs> because those are wacky dudes who seem to have figured out something at least because everybody else kind of feels like they didn't figure out much. And so a lot of those things, you know, are, are designed. Uh, but what is interesting to me is I was inspired by the lifestyle content that certain people, you know, portray on social media, as I guess my generation is more than others, you know, like, I mean, to name, you know, Jay Alvarez, blue as water kind of thing, maybe. I was like, wow, that's amazing. You know, he's got the chick, he's got the surfboard, he's got the curls, he's got the abs, everything, cool. The more I am kind of in this world, the more I see how obviously it is quite produced. Um, it's not just happening, you know, he didn't just hold the camera in his face for a day and then he had this amazing footage. I see how it's yeah, quite staged at times and how every shot is like very well planned. Like, to, it's a bit of a side tangent, but some videos of like those lifestyle dudes I have watched like 10 times and every time I watch them, I now appreciate more the production and kind of on the flip side, see how it's fake basically all manufactured or at least not just a documentary of the life but it's actually yeah manufactured it's 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 a it's a production right mm. um so yeah i think that's that's a point we'll we'll get on to soon which is looking at the what are the real realities of of living this type of lifestyle because it's not all drone shots and 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 fucking bottle parties uh and in order to get there there is there is work there is discipline there is planning and you can also go and live in those places and kind of you probably could produce the content but still be having a shit time you know like there's plenty of people have gone overseas and tried to set up and, and they're just lonely and the, or they just feel like what what is the point of me actually uprooting myself from where i belong and plonking myself in the middle of nowhere even if it is on a on a beautiful island with palm trees and drinking out of coconuts like that gets old if you're if you don't have any friends or you've got no real kind of sense of purpose of being there. I think we'll get onto that in a moment. But one of the things that you mentioned was that you really early on started experimenting with this. So when you were 19, you went over to, was it Nicaragua? Or, yeah, Nicaragua. Yeah. Nicaragua, Nicaragua. And same for me, like four decades before that, uh, no, two decades before that, <laughs> uh, you know, when I, first, when I first finished high school, when all of my friends were going to university and all of them went to university and none of them knew why they were going. Like there was no, they were just, they, it wasn't like they were like, I absolutely want to become a robotics engineer or something. They're just like, oh, fucking guess I go to uni. And, uh. and so all, all of my friends went and studied and almost all of them didn't ever, didn't ever end up using their degrees or work in the areas that they were in. They just didn't know what to do. So they, they, did what they were kind of told to do, which was, you know, continue on your education path, which is like, I mean, there, there is quite a lot of talk in 
lifestyle entrepreneur circles about how college and everything is completely useless. And I don't think that's true. It's, yeah. it's, but it is, it is kind of useless if you don't know why you're going and what you're trying to study. I know you, you, you know, you can. Forex is the only way now. Forex trading is the only way. <laughs> yeah. The only thing, the only way to make money is through Bitcoin and Forex. So like, yeah, when I finished high school, I went and worked on a, an orange farm with my best friend, John, one of our coaches. And uh, we saved up a couple of grand and then we went traveling to Bali back in 1998. I was there. Yes, that's right. And then uh, I remember us buying, buying magic mushrooms off some street kids on the beach in Lavina. And uh, we were arguing with them because like I said, I'm not gonna pay you until it works. And then we're sitting there and, and they don't work. <laughs> and after an hour, I'm like, it's not, it doesn't work. And we're arguing about it. And then they, they said, all right, we'll give you more. So they gave us a double dose and then we, we ate the second dose and I'm still arguing and then this guy's face melts off and I'm like, oh, <laughs> handing, out, handing out millions of rupees to him. And then me and John went back to our hotel room and tripped out for three days. Good times. But yeah, like I think a, a good thing, if you're a young guy and you're thinking about like your future in terms of uh, maybe one day I'd like to kind of unplug from my country or my, uh, you know, the status quo or the standard things and probably a lot of people think that's a, a very long-term goal. Like, you know, maybe after 10 years of, of working in a normal job, I can save up and da-da-da. But I think if you want to do this lifestyle, it is actually important to do little experiments in it first. Like, when I, when I remember back to the early days of when you joined us, well, maybe you can talk about that. Like, when you first met us, you reached out and offered, you know, offered to help originally as a cameraman, and you were, you were in Vienna at the time, and you were, you were a student, you had a part-time job. Like, Tell us about that transition of being essentially a normal, a normal student who was also, I mean, you were, you weren't normal. You were certainly hustling and you had, you were setting up your, your initial like side projects and trying to start a, a side business. But, you know, you were a guy living in the country that you'd been born in. What was that, that, that first transition point? How, how did you take those first experimental steps into this more uh, nomadic or global lifestyle? Yeah, sure. I need to touch a little bit on, what you first said uh, of, you know, often people think, okay, maybe in 10, 20 years, like whenever you think, whenever a sentence or thought starts with in 10 years, then I will do it. It's a horrible idea because like maybe you won't like it, you know, like I, I can't imagine how many people had the fantasy of something and then they kind of work towards that and then they finally had it and they're like, shit, that's not it, you know, and then like, why didn't I try it for two months, 20 years ago, mm -hmm. how it is to live, you know, on an island in Thailand? Oh, it's kind of boring. I'm kind of lonely. You know, I actually don't like sand and this, the sun is too hot and I hate mosquitoes. Like maybe, right? Like mm -hmm. there's plenty of people who, who it's not for. So mm -hmm. the uh, flip of that is that maybe you fucking love it. And then you realize that you wasted 10 years waiting for it. Um, yep. and, and the other thing is like, there's certain times in your life when it makes sense to do something. I'm really glad that I was a musician when I was 20 to 28. Like that was the time when it made sense for me. I was, I was creative in that sense. I didn't care if I was broke. Um, like all my, my friends were young and we were, we were all dynamic and trying to work on it. If I decided now, you know, if I'd waited until now to try and start my music dream, that would be a bit cringe, I think. Uh, you know, there really is... There's optimal times in your life. Could do a comeback now. Like now would be a good time for a comeback. <laughs> I think in order to have a comeback, you needed to have been famous in the first place. <laughs> yes, we, can, we can fake that. We just oh yes, the big comeback. Right, right. Be like, we'll create a like a, a, yeah, like a 
Right. Okay. So we can Photoshop in massive crowds into my old videos, <laughs> right? And create a whole backstory of how I was massive in Japan back in the nineties. Make note, gentlemen, if you want to see that, put it in the comment. If you want to see our fake documentary of James's return to stardom as a funk disco musician. <laughs> So, all right, so the first thing is like start early, but the, the other thing is it's like you don't have to commit to the lifestyle forever. You mentioned, you know, try it for two months. That's essentially what you started doing with us, right? Like you, you didn't immediately quit everything and move to Budapest and, and work full time, right? So talk about that, that kind of transition or testing period to start to see whether it is for you and, and how you could start to unplug from one place and move into another place. Yeah, totally. And you're 100% right. Like for everybody watching this who is quite young, it's such an amazing time. Like between 18 and whatever, 24, it's such a perfect time to just do things that might not work at all, you know, that might be a waste of time, uh, that, you know, don't have a clear outcome. It's such a beautiful time because you're in this in-between of, you know, okay, I did my duty as a school kid or, you know, the what the years I have to do and okay, uh, soon I will, uh, be totally on my own because maybe my parents don't fund me anymore or I have other bigger responsibilities and I have to start paying taxes. Like this in-between phase is such a great time to experiment because the upside is huge, you know, and I will talk about that. And the downside is, is very minimal. You know, the worst case, mm -hmm. you know, if you start a little business or if you, you know, try to hustle something is you lose all your money, which is, what two grand <laughs> and then you uh you live with your parents for a while and, and you get a normal job um for six months and then you can try again so yeah what i did i mean basically uh i was studying in vienna which was full time so i did have to you know attend classes 30 40 hours a week um but there's still a lot of time from like friday to sunday so basically working for you in the beginning was basically I had to make the decision, okay, do I want to party all weekend like everybody else did, you know, because obviously there is sacrifices, or do I take a train to Budapest every weekend and just explore that, you know, because what was important for me back then, I was in a, in a phase where I'm like, okay, I'm quite introverted, I'm quite nerdy, right, I'm, I'm a bit of a dork, and I see how that's not good <laughs> and how that is kind of a thing that will hold me back forever if I don't kind of attack that, you know, like I, I had a lot of other good things going for me and it was quite obvious that the seduction slash communication slash being able to be a little more outgoing part is going to make the biggest difference in, in my future, you know, like doubling down on math skills or logical skills or being extra good at organization, you know, wouldn't have yielded the results. So I was quite, for some reason, I guess because of Nicaragua, I, I kind of knew that, right? Because I made liberal experiments there being extroverted and it paid off. Um, so I, I had that focus and then I was like, okay, how can I make it happen? Okay, I'm just going to drive to Budapest on the weekends, work for you, right? And then in exchange, getting, getting coaching and just being around you guys, you know? the reward and that's how it started you know so it was basically every weekend or every second weekend we just bought filmed a bunch of youtube videos 
Yeah, which was like it really was thinking outside the box because, as you said, like I mean, most who else in your of your contemporaries, except for Dom, who was who who also was a, a maverick thinker and went off to become very successful, it just wasn't even in the in the conscious like idea or, or zeitgeist of every other student, right? They they wouldn't think like, oh, maybe I'll reach out to a person that like a, a potential mentor, someone that I'm interested in, in meeting, offer them to, to intern for them and then travel between countries every week. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's a three hour train ride. So it's not, you know, it's not flying across the planet, but for most people, they wouldn't even consider that. Like, and, and that outside the box thinking and having the, the audacity and the humility, like, which is a good mix, like the audacity to reach out and the humility to offer yourself like, Hey, okay, okay. You know, I'm willing to work for free initially or, um, you know, for coaching and to, to do what's needed. And, and we, you know, we certainly worked you fucking hard in those early days. <laughs> there was many, uh, fil- filming till five in the morning. You were running on very little sleep very often. Like you were really pushing yourself, but that's, that's part of the advantage of being young and strong is that you can, you can do that. You can burn yourself, uh, harder and you may, you manage to live in a, in a sense to, two lives at once you had the you had the one where you were a student back in vienna half the week um and then you were the one who you were you were hanging out with this weird crew of pickup artists and doing crazy documentaries the rest of the time that's that's an important one in in terms of like reaching out to others because i think since since the four-hour work week came out right that i think that's probably when the modern idea of the of the lifestyle entrepreneur existed before that the, the the kind of archetype which i was inspired by which made me hit the road and travel was more the vagabonding poet artist spiritual seeker which which i was inspired by a, a generation of the beat generation the hippies and those like my parents generation who went wandering around india and and asia back when that was still like like kind of a uh, off the beaten track kind of thing. When I was first traveling, I had no sense of, I wasn't interested in trying to start a business or particularly network. I was trying to explore my spirituality and see beautiful places and go, go to places that most people didn't go. But since Tim Ferriss's book came out, I would say there's this, there's the, there is this archetype that's, that exists now of the, of the, the, the traveler who leverages uh, currencies, who works remotely, who earns hopefully Western money and then is able to get a better lifestyle in a place which is cheaper and so on. But which is a cool archetype and it's and, um, and it has inspired a whole generation. But the thing that I noticed when reading that uh, and from then being one of those people and hanging out with a lot of those people is the thing that's missing there is the people skills. It's It's like it's the because the the four hour work week gives you the idea that you do all of that yourself. Like everything is done. It's all completely individualist. You're not collaborating. You know, you're just like, okay, I'm going to set up my business where I just go do that for 10 minutes a day. And then it makes money. And then I'm going to go and get a tango lesson. I'm going to, so it's, it is hyper individualist, but you didn't do it that way. And neither did I really like, why did you bother reaching out and trying to get involved in a team as opposed to, you know, trying to do it all yourself? I just knew that I couldn't even figure it out myself, like no chance, like I, especially in terms of like seduction and, and skills with women and, and becoming a better communicator in that regard, I wouldn't have even have known where to start, you know, like I, I did my little attempts uh, talking to, to girls on the street in Vienna and it was rough and kind of depressing. So I knew instantly, okay, what am I going to, you know, desperately try myself for 10 years? Or am I going to contact somebody who did it for the last 20 years and teaches it 
to other people and is obviously one of the top people in the world at it. Yeah, of course, you know. And then the flip side of that is, okay, why would that person care about me? Where, you know, I had to figure out a way to, as you say, be humble in a way to offer myself and, and uh, you know, with things like every five hours of my time is one hour of, of your time, which was a pretty good deal actually back then. <laughs> you wouldn't give that deal to anybody now, I guess. No, no one's getting five to one now, guys. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, don't even try. So, you know, I, I must have hit some sweet spot in your career, I guess, as well, where it, it was just the right time where my skills came of use. So, yeah, I just didn't, I, I was very clear I couldn't figure it out myself basically, you know, um, and I'm, I was always very conscious of my time, even when I was young, you know, I always had the attitude of, you know, every day is valuable. Uh, so yeah, it was quite obvious. Yeah. So this, this brings up a part of the seductive economy framework, which, which I teach in the lifestyle design Academy, which is looking at the, the trade of non-financial currencies with, with, uh, people that you wish to collaborate with. And when you're starting out in life or you're, or you're trying to break into a new social scene or into a, a new business or whatever, it is often extremely difficult to do it all yourself. And as you said, it's like, it's, I mean, why bother trying to do it all yourself when you can leapfrog on, on top of or collaborate with people who have either taken some of the journey for you or, or who have specific skills that you don't have. And uh, the fact that you, offered something that was valuable to me at that time is the reason, right? It's, it's the reason that, that I, I, I welcomed you on board because I, and I'm not trying to say that I'm, you know, the most important person, but it's like, okay, there's a lot of people interested in working with me or hanging out with me because of my skills and because of my hair. And I, I have to like, not <laughs> sponsored by Naughty by that I have to like, I have to say no or ignore most requests because I can't, I can't deal with everybody and the people that are going to get through with me. And I, and this means with anyone, it's like people that are going to get through to have a chance to join a high value social circle or a, some kind of dynamic workplace. The people that offer solutions to a problem that, that the, the boss has, for example, or who make their life easier. And that was something that, was evident with you pretty much straight away was that you you understood that you had to like provide a whole bunch of value and you went well beyond what I even requested so that it, in, in a way as a side to, note, to to anybody watching sorry to interrupt you but I don't want mm -hmm. it's like you because you said it was imminent straight away that I would help you or that I would deliver fine and that's because you have to like for anybody watching if you don't convince or impress the person you're trying to pitch on your first attempt, you, you lost, you know, like if I would have fucked up that first photo shoot, why would you give me a second chance? Like no chance, right? Like if that would yeah. have been a, a waste of your day, then I should fuck off basically. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's super important for anybody who's watching. Like there's no second chances if you're in that phase of your life, because mm -hmm the people you're trying to connect with, their time is, and it sounds, you know, crazy, but I, I get it now. Their time is just 20, 30, 50 times more important in that regard right now, you know, on a, on a financial basis. It's just how it is. You know? Right. Yeah. It's not so that, not that, not that means that you're a more important human. Yeah, exactly. So that's just on a side note. And I, I get it now because, you know, I hire people now, I give people a chance 
and I made the experience also that if pers- like the, the way people act in the first hour or on their first task is usually how they're going to act the whole time. Yes, that's something that's, that we've painfully figured out over many years is that people tend to do what they always do. <laughs> that, uh, I think you've, you've, become, you've become a bit cynical about that of like, uh, I don't think people change. Yeah. I, I mean, people, people uh, yeah, like it's like, okay, people make mistakes and, and people have strengths and weaknesses, but typically people follow the same pattern that they have always followed unless they like move heaven and earth to change their habits or they come and you know do hardcore coaching or or life maybe life really changes things for them because they suddenly have a baby or they're put in a wheelchair or something but yeah that's as as a boss or as uh and this is this is part of the whole kind of seductive economy framework anyway is looking at and if you want to bring people close in as collaborators, you need to trust them. And even if you really lo- like someone and they're really interesting and funny and stuff, if they are very unreliable in the first day through to first week, then they're probably going to continue to be that way. Yeah, people do change oh, maybe slowly, but the, the main thing is they first have to even see that they should change and then admit it to themselves and then take massive action and continuously work on it that there's a change like yeah i'm known now for saying people don't change you know <laughs> it, i mean it is it's really hard to change it's because i think yes. probably it's probably it's part it's biological it's like we 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 work on patterns we work on habits and if the habit keeps you alive it uh, doesn't really matter like the genes don't care if you get to live in bali and and surf all the day it, they just care that you survive and replicate so if if whatever pattern you figured out kind of keeps you alive then you seem tend to settle into those patterns and it and can be can be really hard to to break them another aspect is that and i did learn this over time i didn't really notice when i was like 21 22 is that you kind of don't know shit in your 20s yet so it is a massive like accelerator to work in a company or to work with other people first and to get input that way in in certain areas versus trying to do it all yourself you know like if i had if i would have to learn about seduction and online marketing and how sales funnels work and how sales calls work right uh, and how female psychology works and so on if i had to learn it all by myself it would have been firstly not as fun and and you know i would have to be insanely motivated and disciplined to to get that level of knowledge by myself and yeah just like way slower so mm. there is definitely a big because there's this notion of you know work yourself and your own company and all from your from your laptop but it's actually not that efficient like sure some people figure it out you know uh, or they join some other support group online but there is definitely a, a huge benefit of having people around you who, who can support you in that way. Yeah, because you don't need to be your own boss in order to live the, the nomad or the, the, this, this lifestyle. Uh, like yeah. what, the way you described it, like what if you'd had to do X, Y, and Z or yourself, in a way that's what I had to do, right? Like I, the first five years of this company, which was also at the same time as me really consolidating my seduction skills and trying to figure out how to start a business, like everything moved extremely slowly for the first five plus years as I was very, you know, I wasn't a businessman. I was a, I was a, an artist who like picking out women and then learned how to coach that and then learned how very slowly how to build a business and how to market and, and, you know, made lots of mistakes and lost lots of money and 
it took took a long time to ramp up and then it started reaching certain tipping points where my knowledge increased but also but more importantly i think was that i you know that i started bringing in different specialists whether whether it was in in marketing or actually meeting sasha in the, was the first big jump in my in my business because he was just ahead in YouTube. He understood more about YouTube and, and he, he knew about simple things like having a mailing, an automated mailing list, which I was like, oh, you don't need to write an email to everybody. <laughs> so it was like, you know, he, he, his business was, a, was ahead of mine at the time. And then through, through those other social slash collaborative networks, as, as I started reaching out and uh, meeting different guys in the, in the scene and then seeing what their business was doing and then asking them personally for, for favors and then, and then swapping favors meant that suddenly things went from like very slow, difficult growth to more or less doubling every single year for the next five years after that. So yeah, the, the whole idea of like building your own online business from scratch, just you alone, because that's the only way you're going to get the lifestyle, I think is a, is a bit of a myth. Whereas it's, it can be, it's not a myth, it's just, it's just not the only way. And it's probably, and it is more difficult than mentor, being a mentee of something that's already established. And the, just as a tip for guys who want to reach out to, to potential mentors or to, to companies that they'd like to be a part of, the best time to get those people is in there when they're moving from startup to really accelerating, which is when you found us, right? Like it was, mm-hmm. if, if you approach me today and I didn't know who you were, I'd be like, I don't need any more cameramen or whatever it is that you were offering. I'd be like, nah, I don't need it. Uh, at, there's that, that point when the, the company is still quite dynamic and, flux, and in flux and it is open to receiving new people and, and new skills. That's kind of the best time to, to, to move in on those people. So when you're, and we, we took, we, go through this in great detail in the Lifestyle Design Academy, teaching you how to reach out to mentors in a way that's not gonna just piss them off or that they're not just gonna ignore, how to reach out to the right person. Cause I don't know if you did this, I think you did reach out to me, but the best, usually the best thing is not to approach the CEO directly because he doesn't, he doesn't have time or doesn't give a shit or he won't even see it because I don't see my own emails anymore. Sorry guys, if you send me an email, Ella's, Ella's the one who sees them and she goes through and goes, nope, 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 nope. Okay, yes, he can, I'll send that one to James. So she has clear and instructions. And sometimes she's like, Alex, should I send that one to James? And I was like, ah. mm, nope. <laughs> oh, okay, right. There's two layers, two layers of protection so that I don't have to read everyone's emails. So yeah, it's like, th- this is this concept of, um, of gatekeepers, of looking at like who within, who within an organization is more accessible, who is, you know, maybe they're more social, more, more, they're a connector. They are kind of a a new phrase I've heard recently, which is a truffle pig, which is, um, Mm. you know, truffles are an expensive mushroom and then there's special pigs that sniff them out. So people who like uh, are always on the lookout for meeting people that, ah, that person's got something. Those are the types of people that you want to approach. And you can't just approach them like people approach us, which is, Hey, got a job. Because you you didn't do that you, you didn't say hey you got a job you you sent a number of emails I think we ignored it, uh, ignored them a few times I remember yeah I remember reading sure. it going oh yeah, I'm busy with a girl but it was but it was that you had a clear offer of like here's how I can help you here's here's some things that I can do mm-hmm. and maybe and for guys that are out there thinking well what do I have to offer because I don't have a specialized skill well and maybe maybe there you just simply won't be accepted by the the company or whatever but 
maybe the thing that you can offer is simply is your time, you know, is your labor. And is your... you can bend the reality a little bit. Like, oh, you yes, know, as that. I did in, in my letter, because, you know, I, I, I loved your videos, but I saw that your business structure clearly needs work. You know, the website didn't look good. The videos could, could, could use some work. So I, I saw all the problems with it. And I, I kind of knew a little bit about everything, you know, okay, I, I knew about web design. So I made like one website in my life and I knew about photography because I did some photos in my life. So I, I knew that if I wanted to, I could learn those things better, you know? And that's kind of then the, the way I pitched it was like, I already know those things because I just knew if you would accept it, then I could learn it. You would deliver. Um, so, yeah. So, because, you know, if you have a, a drive and there's an, everything is out there, right? I mean, that's the beauty of the internet. If all the knowledge is there, you know, you, you type it in Google and you, if I had to become a, a Photoshop master uh, in two weeks, I could now, right? Which was not the case probably 10 or 20 years ago. Mm. You have to find some institution or a special school. So, yeah, that's a thing, right? You, you, you have time to learn once you get an offer, just say yes and then figure it out. But then obviously work really on it. Right, so over, over promise and then hustle like hell to figure out how you're gonna do it so that you can within one week yeah. learn how to do a proper fo photo shoot that's gonna fool me into thinking, well, these guys are pretty good at photos, nice. <laughs> these days I think my eyes are a bit better, I might be able to notice now. Yeah, um, fool me once. Uh, fool me once. All right, let's have a, let's have a talk about the realities of the digi nomad lifestyle. So the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right now you're doing it, you've been doing it for years now. What's, what's awesome about it and what sucks about it? So let's, get some, let's get some reality checks on this. Because as you said, it's not for everybody and it is not all just uh, coconuts and surfboards. So what is my reality uh, currently and, and actually fuck for the last, yeah, four or five years is I don't really have a base, you know? I don't have a home to to come back to on a very regular basis uh it's changing every couple of months you know it's been like this for three four years sure you know my parents place and stuff but i spend two or three weeks a year there and i have an apartment it's not like i live in hotels but the the apartment i mean it changes every three or four months and then uh in between i i'm, I'm bouncing around all the time as well so what does that mean for my lifestyle it means you know, I don't have certain things that other people are very used to or take for granted. You know, like if I think about my buddies back home, okay, they, they have the, the first day soccer, you know, uh, class uh, where they meet for soccer. And then every Saturday it's the pub night and that's their routine, right? And they know that's the thing. And then every first of the month they do this thing. And I don't have that, you know. And of course, I chose not to have that because if I would have that, I would obviously complain a lot about it, uh, how boring it is and how uninspiring the people are and how they, don't they understand there's more to life and you need to get out? Like, uh, obviously I would be bored of it within three weeks. <laughs> but the downside is, you know, I, I don't have certain structures. It is harder. I have to put in more effort to create certain routines in terms of social uh, stuff, you know, staying in touch with people. It, often it happens online or I have to, you know, push myself coming into a new place 
uh, like Bali. Okay, I already know four or five people here. That's great through my network. But to really, you know, get the community feeling, yeah, I have to push myself and go out and say hi to people in a cafe and, you know, reach out to people in the gym because uh, it's just constant rebuilding of that in, in the new places. So, and that can feel lonely sometimes. Like the reality is that's, you know, sometimes I feel like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's where, as, as I was saying earlier, like the, the four-hour work week offering totally misses out that other point, which is that, yeah, yeah. If you, if you if you don't have the ability and the and this, dis, it's funny to talk about socializing in terms of discipline. But for some people, it's not. It's very easy because they're just social butterflies and they they reach out to everybody. But I know for myself, and I think for you as well, as a as a more introverted person and someone who is quite comfortable spending large periods of time alone, that yeah, landing in a new place and trying to like what you're trying to do is terraform your life like to, to to do what most people do over many many years which is to gradually build a community of friends and family and activities and, and a sense of belonging and purpose in a space uh, it is one of the the core tenets of this kind of lifestyle is that you have to be able to do that as well as figure out how to make money online uh, that's again a big part of what we're doing with the lifestyle design academy is showing guys how to you how to use your seductive and social skills, not just with the ladies, but with friends, you know, how to pick up friends, um, how to, to make networking events, not just a thing where you go and go, Hey, cool. Here's my card. And then hope that they're going to call you, but to actually, you know, make the effort to, to go and start something social. You, I mean, you, you've done, I've seen you do that multiple times, even in the last year, when, when the rest of the planet was hiding or locked down, you spent, well, we spent three or four months here on the farm, but then after, once you, once you went out, you went and set up social circles and, and had social uh, lives in Ukraine, in Dubai, in Turkey, in, uh, and then moving into Bali, right? It's like, so what's, yeah. what's, maybe that's an interesting question. What's, we talk about this social discipline, like what is your process for, okay, you, like I know recently you went to, I mean, you choose one of the locations that you've been to, but you've, you very specifically looked for opportunities to socialize. You've thrown parties or you've, or you've brought value to parties. Like, you know, you've done a lot of stuff, which, which is actually, it wasn't just happening randomly, right? It wasn't just because you're a guy who likes to go out and party. Like you were quite strategic about that. Maybe talk a bit about that, about how setting up very rapidly building really awesome social worlds in a new space what do you do to do that yeah absolutely uh i think a big factor is to not start out alone right because yes i do travel a lot and i do build new things all the time and i create new bases but i'm never totally alone right there's always one guy or two guys coming with me you know either it's liam uh, or in bali the plan would have been that you were here uh, and, and two more guys are here. You know, our plan was actually to to rent a villa, uh, a big-ass baller villa with four bedrooms and then do cool shit all together. But kind of the, the government laws um, stopped that. But that was the idea, you know. Mm -hmm. And then if I compare coming totally by myself to Bali versus with two buddies already who have the same mindset, and then we could literally on the third day, you know, already create a house party because on the second day, uh, we would have gone out and each guy talks to five people and, you know, and then we have a little group thing. And then within 
a week or two, you, you could have, you create a party where 25 people show up, you know, because it just snowballs. Uh, versus if you're totally alone, it takes, you know, much, much longer. So obviously having a circle of people who are like-minded and who are also ready to, to take certain risks, you know, who, who say yes to things like, hey, let's spend the winter in Bali, right? Uh, and who have their life set up in a way that allows to them, you know, because not everybody can just fuck off for two months, right? People have offices and they have bosses and they need to plan in their holidays six months in advance and whatever. So you know, obviously it's, it's, it's amazing to build a circle like that who, who has that. But yeah, that makes it much, much, much easier. So, yeah. Yeah, having these like short-term growth houses is a really cool way of doing things. A bunch of the guys from the LDA group have, once I explain that concept to them and show them how to, how to do it in a way where you don't end up killing each other um, or stealing each other's girls or whatever other nonsense can happen, that, yeah, like a whole bunch of dudes did that. They would just be like, cool, I got a, I got an, I'm renting an apartment for three months here. Who wants in? And guys would go over and spend, you know, even as, as short as a couple of weeks or a month together. But being with guys, and it doesn't have to only be guys. Sure, you can, you can have growth houses with girls as well. Um, but typically, in for in our in our world, it's it's dudes working with each other, meaning that yeah, you can combine your resources socially, financially, in terms of logistics, uh, and then kind of yeah, like supercharge the growth that you can have as opposed to yeah, just going to go and try and set up alone. Yeah, before we get to some of the awesome things, what are some of the other things that kind of suck a bit or that are diff or like difficult about this lifestyle? So you've talked about, you know, the lack of uh, a community, but also dis like actually getting shit done and disciplining yourself and uh, making that, making the Instagram photo the reality, which is that, okay, it looks like you're, you're, you're doing your yoga and you're doing your work and you're, and you're partying, but the reality for a lot of guys I know, and, and I've had those experiences in some points. I remember one time me and Sasha went to Argentina and, and we just kind of didn't really get it. Like we, 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 I don't know, we were fucking about a bit and we didn't, we're doing some tango lessons and stuff, but it, like, I, I didn't feel like we infiltrated. We kind of like failed that, that mission. We didn't like create a, a scene there. So it's like, what are some of the, the disciplines that you put in place? Because I know you're quite a systems-based and, and strategic, much more strategic in, a, in terms of planning things out than I am. So what's the discipline that you have you know, at the moment? What are, you, what are you trying to achieve and how do you set metrics for yourself? Yeah, uh, before I answer that, one thing you, you said very in passing is the, you explained your LDA group how to not kill each other when you do group houses, when you live together, that's such an important factor, I think. Like, it's uh, kind of a, yeah, that can be a huge deal breaker, right? Like just people uh, not getting along because they mm. step over each other's boundaries. And, and the way you are able to, uh, you know, kind of draw boundaries and make it very clear within your circle and even teach it to them and how how they should do it, right? That is worth the, <laughs> worth the admission alone. How does the yeah. marketing thing? No, that's true because especially, right, when it comes to lifestyle, which then obviously means, okay, guys want to meet girls, they want to get laid, you know, or somebody brings a girl uh, who they're not totally uh, monogamous with or whatever. Uh, and then that's when things get really complicated, you know? Or you're in a new house and then one bedroom has an AC and the other one doesn't. And, uh, you know, this guy eats uh, his dinner at midnight and the other one is already asleep. Like, 
when you suddenly move places a lot and you swap out people, that's where you know it can be a, a minefield. Uh, and, and being able to communicate really well your boundaries, obviously have some uh, tolerance. I mean, kind of the way we are able to live together is insane. You know, a lot of people couldn't. Where like, I remember times when literally I was uh, editing a video in the living room. In front of me, there was Tony doing an insane, like high intensity workout. You were banging in the bedroom behind him, like it was like screaming and moaning. <laughs> and then behind me, there was Liam playing metal guitar, and, like jamming. I was just like, <laughs> this is, like, this this is, is fine. You know, the meme, do you know the meme? This is fine, <laughs> the dog. And the... So that's really important. So uh, yeah, learn that. Learn that from James, guys, uh, mm -hmm. how to do that. Uh, it's a side tangent, but I was wanted to mention it. Yeah, I, mean, I can. Do, yeah, I can just give like. I mean, it's true that I, I have a quite clear code of of how it is that the crew needs to work, and that code appeared because we fucked it up, or someone, or people within it fucked it up a number of times, and it disintegrated the group. Right, like early, early on in in the business, well before you were around guys either you know fucking each other over on money or hitting on each other's girls or just having complete disrespect for for each other's living and yes you do you can't like if you want to be a digital nomad who's living a kind of dynamic and exciting life you can't be completely anal retentive and and you know you can't you can't expect to live in complete order maybe i mean maybe you can but it seems very unlikely and we've never experienced it really um, because it is more chaotic, right? Like it's, we're dealing with new countries and bureaucracies and, and, uh, people coming in and out. And, and so it's not like, yeah, it's not like you can't plan or micromanage every single aspect of it. So you do have need to have some flexibility, but on the other side, if it gets way too loose, then it, it disintegrates. And particularly when it comes to money, women and, and the, and the living experience, you know, we've, we have such a rock solid bro code when it comes to let's say for, for women for example i remember back in my civilian days way back in the day when i moved into my first group houses or i was hanging out with my high school friends if a hot girl came into the scene somehow and she wasn't she didn't have a ring on it you know she wasn't 100 percent locked in then it was a free-for-all and guys would be fucking each other over and scrambling and 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 i remember telling a friend once hey man i brought that girl to the party what are you doing he's like ah oh, it's just like kind of you know it's just like a good natured arm wrestle he was just like oh you know best man wins that was that was the attitude and he was a you know a close friend of mine. Yeah, he still is, but we had. And that's the norm, to, right? That's the norm for yeah. many many social circles. It's like yeah, so like and people sometimes they may perceive us as being like completely laissez-faire, like it's like anything goes. Everyone's everyone just banging anyone, and it's there is circumstances where that does happen, but that is also that is also um, negotiated. Yeah, like I know that yeah. you know between. Uh, you and me and, and Liam, when we've been in certain scenes where there, you know, there are lots of party girls who are not like locked in as one person's girlfriend. Yeah, there is, there is like exchanges happening, but those are still negotiated or there's, there's still a, a code that exists around that. And that's vitally important when you want to build a tribe. Right? And that's, that's a big part of what I teach in the LDA is about tribe building. It's not about just solo exploits. It's not just about you alone. It's about leveraging the skills and resources of each other in your tribe so that you can all multiply your results rather than you know needing to do it all yourself. And that includes with women. And if you are able to be a crew that has really good respect with each other when it comes to women coming in and out, it means that firstly, women feel really safe and they can come and hang out and they don't 
have the pressure of everyone trying to hit on them or be weird around them. Even if they're not trying to hit on them, just being weird and like trying to act in a certain way or whatever. We just don't do that. You know, when someone brings girls into our crew, we just slot into our different roles, which is cool. He's, it's his girl in my role here is to be, you know, generally charming, but not too charming and to make a cup of tea if they need it or to fuck off if they need it, you know, or to like, to be, to add social glue as and when needed and to turn off the, if, if the girl for some reason is kind of interested in, in one of the other guys or gets a little bit attracted because you're accidentally, you accidentally turned her on by ignoring her, you know, to shut that off and to not, not act upon it. So this is vital because these are the, there's only two things really that, that break up tight male friendship groups and it's screwing each other on women and money. That's like, that's, that, mm-hmm. that's been my, um, my, my experience. So it is vitally important that you have a code with the people that you are doing these collaborations with, especially if you're doing these mini, mini growth house kind of experiences. Yeah. hundred percent. And what yeah. I also learned from you to, to give them always a little bit and like to basically bait them, like, will they screw me over with 50 bucks, you know? Like give them the chance to screw you over uh, with little things to, to yep. see how the long term would play out. Uh, yes, that's a, that's a that's a that's a strategy that I developed because I was way too trusting for a lot of my life. I, I and I still am. Like I'm trusting in the sense that I trust people to be people. I trust them to be who they are. Right. I'm not cynical in that I think all all people are something. Right. But I but it's like yeah. After having enough experiences where people came into my inner circle and then ended up either stealing from me or, you know, messing around in some kind of way that was not acceptable. Now my strategy is that I I observe people for a year before I really like let them into an an area where they could really do damage. (laughs) It's like, and and of course I I can still be, I can still be wrong. I can still get damaged, but yeah, that that's one strategy as a, as a, uh, a leader of a group is to, you know, give someone, give a, give an employee, 50 bucks to go and do the thing. And if the change, if the change comes back, like five bucks less, I don't care about the five bucks. I care about the lack of, I care about that. That was, they're trying to sneak something in. Yeah. Okay, cool. So let's get back to your question about structure and and planning because yes, I am a a very uh, diligent planner. I like planning things out almost too much. (laughs) I think I have a little bit of a plan fetish actually. You love it. I, I you get it. I think it turns it's, you on seeing like, a spreadsheet. It's it's like the 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 emotion I get planning something is the same as when I'm actually already doing it. So I can over plan. Like it it kind of takes out the motivation to do it. That's actually is scientifically proven. I don't know if you know that. Like, do you know that telling people about your plans? gives this, the, the brain the same reward as doing that thing. And therefore, uh-huh. telling people about it makes you less likely to do it because you already got the high of it, basically. Mm-hmm. You know that? So if you've got a big, so, a big dream, don't tell anyone about it. Just go ahead and do it. Otherwise. Basically, yeah. Basically, yeah. Like if you have a project or a dream or a thing you're working on, then you should actually shut up about it as much as possible. Right? Uh, it's science. Um, yeah, especially so, especially yeah, if you yeah. need a validation from people. It's like, oh, I'm going to do this. And people yeah. are like, wow, amazing. You're cool. Like, oh, cool. Done. All right. Yeah. Back to the Xbox. Yeah, it's, and it's, you know, dangerous. Like, yeah, actually, I was thinking about, you know, like doing more charity work and then helping, just helping oh, and, and really gi- giving awesome, back. Man. You know, you know it's, wow, you're a it's great like person. Louis thing where he's like, I have a lot of beliefs and I live by none of them. I did that yesterday when I, when I said something I was 
we were doing a video and I said, uh, you know, like about, what did I say? How I'm going to, I mean, I want lasers coming out of my eyes. Can we have that? And Adam's nodding and it's like, I'm like, I know that right now there's lasers coming out of my eyes in the future. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. Spend eight hours on those lasers. I don't give a shit. Oh, right now there's more lasers. <laughs> Shit, not again, just copy paste everything. Okay. Um, so planning. So I like planning and uh what I learned over the years is that I do tend to overplan. So if you're kind of a person who overplans, then you know tone tone it down a bit. So what I do now is create basically uh a, a weekly kind of routine-ish, right? So before I came to Bali, uh I set myself certain structures, right? So which means currently uh, get up really early to day trade because that's just the thing I do now, you know, maybe I'm not going to do it anymore in a month or two, but it's just the thing I'm getting into now. Uh, then move, you know, in some way, because, you know, maybe back then I would have said, you know, do workout B on Monday and do workout A on Tuesday. And then, uh, and now it's just like, okay, here's a 90 minute window where I have to move, you know, and if I feel great that day, I do a super hard workout and if I feel super tired, I do uh, a 20 minute YouTube yoga video and 20 push-ups, right? And I still moved, you know, the, the goal is still done. So I don't feel mm -hmm. shit about myself or have this like, oh no, I have a 90 minute gym session ahead of me. Fuck, I can't do it. I, I feel horrible about myself. So make an easy entry, you know? And after that, you know, have focused work for four hours. And again, you know, there's this whole thing of, 12 hour days and 100 hour weeks you know which sometimes happen right like if if we in the company launch uh a new video course or or have just a really intense coaching week yes we are doing 80 90 100 hour weeks but we could not do this 40 or 50 weeks a year that's that's impossible i mean maybe elon musk can for some reason but uh it's it's almost inhuman to do that so it's much better to schedule three, four hours of, of focused work and use tools. You know, I, I use heaps of tools because it's not like I'm this uh, disciplined genius. Like I, I have a lot of systems to keep me disciplined, right? I have uh, apps that block certain websites for me. I have uh, Pomodoro technique. I have my Apple watch that tells me whatever. Not that you need one, but like there's a lot of things that block me from uh, getting myself distracted. Because, you know, I'm just human and I love dopamine. So I love, uh, you know, going on Instagram and checking who liked my photo and shit. So I'm obviously not, um, you know, immune to that. But there's tools and systems that you can set up. Sorry, can you, before we get into that, can you go into those systems a little bit? Like have a uh, talk to us about one of those things, Pomodoro. That to me, that's a tomato as far as I know. What's, what, what is that? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, it is a tomato. It's, you know, those tomato hey, timers. Hey, italian housewives have right yes yes and they now, we're, now like we're talking in my language and they're like 30 minutes or something and then so basically pomodoro technique is, is you take you do a 25 minute timer and you only focus on one thing for 25 minutes you're not allowed to multitask mm -hmm. basically because they found out that multitasking is basically bullshit right like when you try to multitask, you're actually not getting anything done. So you focus on one thing for 25 minutes and then you have a five minute break. And then 25 minutes again, five minute break. And then often 
I experience that in, if I do three or four of those, you know, which is two hours of time, I get way more done than like eight hours uh, lazily. Because if, right. if I approach work in a way where I'm like, cool, I got the whole day, uh, you know, oh, it's a 10 hour session ahead. Then what I tend to do often is the non-important tasks, you know, that are just like more fun to do, you know, easier, easier to do. Uh, you know, it's eat the frog. And then if you say, okay, one hour a day, I, I do the thing that has the most kind of yield in the short term. And then another hour, I do the thing that has the most yield long term. You're getting five times more done than uh, weirdly grinding for eight hours on, on random stuff. So, yeah. And then there's a, a big chunk of time that I just then allocate here while in Bali because, you know, I, I don't want to be here to just sit in front of my computer to relax, to read books, to do whatever I want, right? To have a scooter ride, to be creative, to, to explore, to meet, to socialize. So there's just this big five, six hour block of time that I did plan, right? So it, it, it doesn't happen just randomly, but then there's basically a planned block of randomness and and quality randomness right mm -hmm. like if i would just say okay the next 30 days i do whatever i want then the danger is that you again kind of waste time because you don't value the the time the the, the hour of it because you think mm -hmm. you have so much time anyway so planning in lazy time i in my experience leads to using that time in a higher quality way you, you use less instagram right you swipe less and so on yeah, I think that's really cool scheduling both your productivity time and your hedonistic time so that you're actually like strategically living the lifestyle that you want, not just strategically being a, a workaholic. Yeah, that is that is so huge. And that actually gets me to the kind of most important uh, thing and factor that I learned about lifestyle design over the years and that I kind of oh, hang on, gradually hang on got to. Hang on. Like I just got a text from Pedro. There's eight new olive trees, like 200 year old trees and they've arrived and they're digging holes right now to put them out you in the more. rain. No, this is the last, these are the last ones I'm gonna order. Like I only got 45, last 45 this time. They're How fucking amazing. I hear that in the last year. I know, this, this, cool. is, my, I like this I like is my, this is my addiction. All right, so I'm gonna have to go outside and deal with guys planting olive trees in the rain and I'll be back in like five, 10 minutes. So I know you've got to get up in the morning and go okay. sure. film yourself in the yeah, rice paddies. Yeah, another tea. Okay, cool. All right, I'll be back soon, guys. All right, so it's been 20 minutes or more. And in my experience, because I lived with James for five months on the farm, when he says, I got to plant olive trees, that's a big mission. So uh, I think we're going to wrap it up here. If you guys want to have a part two, show it, comment and hit the like button. Uh, how many likes? I don't know how many likes we usually get, but let's say if this video gets a thousand likes, I'm gonna do a part two with James. Um, and most importantly, uh, in March, James is opening the doors again to the Lifestyle Design Academy, insanely successful uh, online course with live mentorship by James. And in order to stay up to date with the launch, receive VIP updates, and most importantly, get access to an exclusive video, which was a lecture that James gave to the Lifestyle Design Academy audience, check the link below 
and put in your email and then you will be straight away redirected to this lecture. It's basically the 101 of the seductive economy. So you will learn how to influence people, to build a cool tribe, how to meet the right people, how to set boundaries, and basically that way massively uh, accelerate your lifestyle and, and the outcome in your life. So it's, it's an amazing little lecture and I would highly recommend just checking it out. All you need to do is click the link and that's it. If you wanna see a part two, click the like button. If we get a thousand likes, we're gonna do a part two. I need to go to bed. I will be picked up in less than five hours. I'm gonna check out some amazing landscapes and rice fields, so good night. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The Natural TV. See you on the next episode.